Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can hear me and see me daily on this show and also find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me, as he does after every game, is the founder of BrewHoop.com, longtime voice of the podcast, short-term face of the podcast, Giannis Stat lover, Frank Madden. And Frank, uh, this, is, this is a good day because last time we podcasted together, we said, uh, let, let's set a... Uh, I think an ambitious target. Let's see if we can get to a, a thousand subscribers before opening night. Well, we did that in about the 24 hours after we put out the call. So shout out to everyone that's jumped on board and supported us on YouTube. But we also thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We also crossed the 1 million download mark for 2021. We've still got a couple of months to go. Sometimes I just sit here and say, one million downloads? These there's, there's that many, not one million people, but there's that many people actually listen to us talk about this basketball team, Frank? What is going on? Yeah, shout out to all of you for tolerating us and putting up with um, my quick, quick speaking and uh, hemming and hawing. And I, I mean, I try to listen to a fair bit of pods and, you know, I'm just like, oh man, I got to put in all these filler words. And, uh, but, uh, you guys are uh, are are great, and um, obviously it was the most special year we could have imagined in terms of following this team. And of course, very fitting that we would uh, blow through our our uh, our annual download record early in a year when the Bucks win a championship. We had a few more games this year to uh, to talk <laughs> yeah, about, yeah. and um, I, I you know we're now doing YouTube, and I think it's going to be hard for me to top the podcast that we did with me calling in from uh, a parking lot outside Pfizer forum uh, the night of the championship. But, um, but yeah, we've settled in here nicely on, on these uh, YouTube uh, podcasts as well. So um, seems like people, some people are watching uh, and, and it's been cool. Actually, I was cruising around the comments. Cool to see people commenting and um, actually having like interesting discussion. I sort of just expect the worst, but when you go on a new social media platform that the commentary and the dialogues is going to be terrible. But um, I, I've generally always been very lucky, whether it was at brew hoop, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on now we're seeing on YouTube, like, I don't know, I guess we're just, for some reason we attract a relatively sane subset of, of people on the internet. So maybe, maybe I'm jinxing things for us, but um, yeah, thanks to everybody who, who watches, listens and, uh, and generally kind of has been along for the ride. It's been, it's been an amazing one. And I mean, we've been doing this now, well, I've been doing it a little over five years. July of 2016 was when all this started. Thon Maker and Summer League. That's where it all where it all began, uh, Kane. And uh, you know, if if only we could be giving this news on the night that a Bucks the Bucks get a, a big preseason win, but alas, the Jason Kidd revenge game. Um, gonna be gonna be tough to 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 get a restful night's sleep for me, obviously, tonight after uh, ending the preseason on a loss. No, we're of course kidding. Um 
but but as you said, I mean, I think the Giannis stuff was interesting, and you know, it's a bookend of the preseason, and um, I think uh, you know we can probably maybe maybe we get into I guess maybe our more like kind of broader preseason takeaways on Monday, but um, but you know, it's over. It was not the most impressive performance from the Bucks. Um, I looked it up. Offensive rebounding tonight by 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 the uh, uh, by the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, that that would have been the second worst defensive rebounding performance of all of last season. I think the Mavs had like 35% offensive rebound rate. It was not a sharp defensive performance in particular from the Bucks. Not a sharp offensive performance outside of really Giannis just making everything. But um, you know, when you're the champs, and I have my champs, Kareem and uh, and Giannis shirt on for those watching on YouTube. Uh, when you're the champs, you know, like we've been saying. Just get through the preseason healthy, and uh, you know Chris Milton didn't play tonight. It looked like he was there. Uh, it was like some sort of personal issue, but um, I think the main thing we've been saying: get through the preseason healthy, and bring on the regular season. And you know, again, some some injuries from the start of the preseason: Semi Ojale and and Rodney Hood going into the regular season. But um, you know, I think that's opportunity for Jordan Wara, who we can talk about. Um, but uh, but yeah, overall. Preseason is done. Bring on the regular season, and um, I think I think Bucks fans have reason to be very excited about this next game because tonight was the last game that we saw that we, we will see the Bucks in Pfizer form with only one banger hanging in the rafters. So that's pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. And I do want to get to Jordan War. I think it, there was some interesting stuff out of the post game as well. Uh, before we get going, I do want to mention here, like this is my mic uh, that currently is not uh, plugged into the computer because I've made my third move since we moved to, to YouTube, which perhaps wasn't the smartest uh, idea to try and do YouTube while I've, I've helped my parents move and I've been in three different venues. So this is actually my apartment now, but I don't know where the cord is to hook up my mic to the, to the computer. So this is a, a, a big source of frustration for me, but hopefully the audio, but I reckon we it's start. The pre-season, it's the preseason for us too. You know, we're, we're working some stuff out. We'll work through this. So Giannis though, Giannis jump shot fever among Bucks Twitter is at an all-time high. We saw the clips going through. A uh, number of people clipped up the jump shots he hit against Utah the other night. Uh, in this instance, he started again with the three in transition. Then he went to the, the turnaround jump shot baseline version, also went for sort of an elbow free throw line version. And I, I think that the we've seen the turnaround before. We've seen transition threes before. But I think the introduction of the, the elbow turnaround fadeaway is maybe the most interesting to me because of the way that he's able to set it up. So if he gets a guy that thinks he's going downhill, he's like, okay, all right, I'm going to shape up like I'm going to take you to the basket. And then as soon as there's the slightest bump, I'm just going to pivot. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to fade and I'm going to get a wide open jump shot from a pretty generous range from the basket. It's hard not to look. We've seen this before. And Giannis said himself after the game, we just got off the zoom call. He said, listen, there's going to be games where I miss him. He's like, I can't, I can't base this just on the results because there's going to be nights where I miss them. But it is hard not to get a little bit excited about the prospect of this being even a league average uh, shot for him because I think we've seen in the last couple of years, he's got pretty good touch on that turnaround. Like that's actually not a bad shot for him, even though I think for most people, it's kind of low percentage. Yeah, I, and I think the the baseline shot is is one I like a lot less than the one kind of going middle. So going from... The, the right block dribbling into the lane, turning to his right um, over his right shoulder there, that, that fadeaway, that, 
that one um, I, I I've liked a lot. I mean, really, he's we've seen that for at, to, at various points of the last couple of years, and we saw it a little bit more last year, and we've seen it now, you know, repeatedly. I think probably like maybe three times in in the preseason here, and it just looks like a shot that he's gotten comfortable with. And I think the thing I like most about it is, you know, it's it, there's kind of different variants of it. You know, it's kind of when he dribbles in a little bit, takes a bump, and then steps back, and then there's kind of the version where he's coming from the side. And he sort of pivots into the middle of the the lane and and rises up and takes that shot. And um, you know, I just love um, how high the release is on it because it's just you know you can't block it. And um, you know, I think it's a different release than his normal jump shot. And I think it's just a little simpler release. I think he gets up with a really nice touch. And we've seen it repeatedly not not in this preseason, but we've seen it in the past when he's shooting from the middle of the floor. Um, if he kind of puts it up there and hits front iron, a lot of times it's, it'll it'll bounce in off the the back rim and then and then in. Um, and so that's a reason I like it more, kind of going middle than along the the baseline. Because again, if you missed on the baseline, you're not getting those sorts of of you know you're not getting that Kawhi friendly friendly bounce against the, the against the Sixers in the playoffs. That that's just harder to get from the side. So uh, so yeah, I, I like that. Um, and in particular, I like it because to me it's like a counter, right? Like he can try to bang a little bit and and if he doesn't immediately find uh, a path to the basket, he can sort of just step back. And it's, uh, again, it, you could say, well, he's settling for it, but to me, it's a counter against um, the defender when the defender actually does what he's supposed to do. And so again, it's not necessarily the first option. Um, I still don't know that he should be shooting, you know, early clock pull up threes in transition. I don't think that's really, you know, ever going to be a, a great uh, option for, for the bucks in general. Um, but look, he's Giannis. I've never, you know, last year in the playoffs, I understood, you know, do you want him going one for eight in, from three-point range in uh, in a playoff game? No. Um, you want him to be a little measured with with how much he shoots threes. But um, but again, I think it's just a matter of kind of building up that repertoire. And, um, you know, if he's feeling good and wants to jack up, you know, a few threes a game, I don't really care, to be honest. I mean, even if he's shooting 30% still. But uh, I, I think we'll see. I mean... Kind of like what we said before, I I feel like the perception of Giannis's jump shot is the most sort of results based thing of of maybe anything we do uh, as as like Bucks fans. You know, when it when it goes in, everybody thinks his form looks better and he's gotten rid of his hitch and all these other things. And when it's not going in, everybody's like, you know, saying, well, it's because he's doing this wrong, that wrong. And and some of it, there's some truth to that. I mean, I think he's just doesn't have consistent form, and that's part of why he is inconsistent as a shooter. Um, but you know, again, I, I think it's two games now where he's made some jump shots. He missed a couple in the first game. So, you know, it's good. Get some confidence and carry it in the regular season. Let's just see what it looks like in the regular season. Cause we've seen him past few years. He's had a couple of like really cold streaks from three to start the year. And, you know, I looked it up. I mean, in the previous couple of years, he shot 40% and 36% from three in the preseason. So the last couple of years, I mean, he's, <laughs> He's actually shot the ball from three perfectly well in the preseason, and then what has happened in the regular season? Well, it, it goes away. So, you know, it's it's a long season, and especially if you're a guy like him, you know, he's had stretches where he's made threes, and stretches where he's made jumpers, and that's not new. Uh, you just again have to go out and do it every night. So he said it himself, and this is this is why I know Frank that you're being very low key about the fact that he's knocking down all these shots because like Giannis said in the post game, he was asked about that one that bounced on the front rim and then dropped from three. And it was funny because you could very clearly hear it on the broadcast. That as soon as it left his hands, he's like, short, 
which is just a funny thing to hear from Giannis. You know, I mean, it's like generally you have a good sense for your jump shot if you're if you're a really good shooter. But he goes, yeah, but the stats don't count. He's like, I'm happy it went in, but whatever. It's preseason. The stats don't count. And I immediately thought about you. Uh, but his minutes tonight up at 25. So his first preseason game, uh, he was at 17. Then he went up to 21. And then he went up to 25 and definitely got a good uh, sweat up, which is which is perfect. Because if, if you are getting a big sweat up with whatever you're doing, we've got the product for you. Look at this. Sweat block. I, I got it. It came in the mail. I got some antiperspirant wipes here, which is pretty good because they're currently ranked number one on Amazon in the antiperspirant category. And I've also got some of this sweat block deodorant as well. So it's uh, we know if you have, uh, you know, I guess, a little bit of frustration or embarrassment, whatever it is with sweating and sweat block wipes, uh, the product for you. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. That's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. Now that is an occupation. Uh, where you can get a bit of a sweat up. There's no doubt about that. So if you if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. So as we get back into it, we I did have some feedback on Twitter the other day, Frank, and uh, a, a listener was very frustrated by the way I transitioned from seeming like I'm making a good point to going to the ad read. So perhaps talking about Giannis's minutes is, is not the way that he wanted to hear me go into that sweat block read, but hey, uh, here we are. So I, I was thinking Jordan Moore was another big takeaway tonight because Chris Milton was out with personal reasons, as you mentioned. Now, we've been talking about Jordan Moore, it feels like, every single show because he is one of the more fascinating players on this roster. Not a surprise to me. I, I assumed when Chris Milton was out that Jordan Mora would get the start um, based on what we've seen with Bud and the way he's gone about the rotation in either years gone by or certainly this preseason. So Mora played 24 minutes, 15 points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal. Didn't start the second half. And I, I didn't get a chance to ask Bud specifically about that, whether there was something that happened or a reason why he didn't start with the main group. But there's no doubt that they're coaching this guy hard. So I asked Bud specifically how is he responding to that? Because some people don't like that. I mean, this is a guy that can clearly score. He's clearly got an NBA skill and they're making him earn every minute that he gets. But he said that he, he seems to really be enjoying it. He enjoys the feedback. He takes it well. It's just going to be a process of trying to see that on a nightly basis. And, and I've had people and we've had feedback and everyone's very passionate about Jordan Moore. And some people will say, well, he's an NBA level scorer. Play him. You have to play him. I push back a little bit. I like the fact that they're coaching this guy. This isn't the old school Milwaukee Bucks. This isn't Monte Ellis who can score. So let's play him 35, 40 minutes a night. Just teach this guy how to play basketball. He's young. He's in his second year. Earn the minutes. And then you know that he's not going to lose his scoring touch. That's that's how I feel about it. Well, and, you know, the, the reality is in these preseason games you know, with the, the big three getting fairly limited minutes, you know, Jordan, again, has spent most of his time, most of the impressive stuff we've seen from Jordan has come with him being often the number one option on the floor, which again, it's like great that he can show that he can carry that, that burden. Um, and you know, if you're playing a game and you don't have Chris Middleton, um, you know, you love the fact that you have a guy that, that can be a scorer because that's an area where, you know, you're going to be weakened if, if you don't have one of your key guys. But I thought it was kind of telling, you know, he started this game. Did you know, notice Jordan Wara before he, had that fast break layup off a nice pass from Giannis. I mean, he was pretty, pretty invisible up to that point. And that's kind of the point I think that we've generally made about 
you know, just the challenge of going from being a guy who has the ball in his hands with second units, with third units, you know, garbage time, preseason games. Um, it's just it's just different the the ask of him when he's out there off the ball, watching Giannis dominate, watching Drew dominate, watching those guys play together, and he's having to basically just sort of stay ready and stay you know in the game and and not kind of float and and drift. And I thought when he was out there with the starters, you know, it, kind of natural. He's not he's not the focal point of things. Uh, and I thought you know he was one of nine from three tonight, six out of seventeen overall, so five out of eight inside the arc, one of nine from deep. Uh, and you know I, I don't have the splits on his spot up shooting tonight, but you know he had a, a bunch of spot up opportunities that just didn't go down tonight. Some open looks didn't go down tonight. And again, that's for him. I think the question is, can he do both? Right? Can he be? I think I think on this team, you know you're not looking for him to start tonight was kind of an unusual situation. And to be honest, I, I probably would not want to start him. Like I would start Connaughton over him. Um, and that's not because I think Jordan's, you know, hasn't earned rotation minutes. I just think again, his skill set makes more sense when the starting lineup is broken up and you don't have all three of your top guys out there. So, uh, so, you know, if you're in a situation where again, Chris is, is, uh, is injured in the regular season, you know, I would start Pat. I would leave Jordan. I would, just bring him off the bench and that way I think he has a better chance of kind of getting a feel for the game get into the game offensively and make make plays with the ball in his hands a little bit more than what we saw tonight so um you know uh, again it's overall a very encouraging preseason from Jordan um you know undoubtedly and I think you know again the silver lining of Shemi Ojale uh as well as Rodney Hood really I mean Shemi hasn't played due to this calf strain we don't know what his status is going into the first game on Tuesday and then Rodney hood, you know, getting a, a brief look <laughs> and really not looking sharp at all uh, in Utah. You know, I mean, basically it's, it's Jordan war. Jordan war is in the, in the rotation by default right now. And we'll kind of see what happens with, with those other two guys. But, you know, at this point um, you would assume bud goes nine, 10 guys deep uh, to start the season. And, you know, I think we generally have, a pretty good idea of, of who's, who's definitely going to play. Right. Um, it's gotta be George Hill. It's gotta be Pat Connaughton. Um, it's gotta be Bobby Portis. Is Bobby Portis going to be healthy on opening night? You know, that's another question. We didn't see Bobby at all here in the preseason. So, um, so I think at this point, you know, when you talk about guys who will definitely play um, off the bench uh, it's at this point, George, Pat and Jordan, Jordan's number three, I would say. Um, out of that grouping. And then, you know, I think we'll, we'll see what happens if Bobby's still out, you know, I think we'll see the Nassus, I'm sure a little bit. Um, Sandro Mamukashkalashvili had a really uh, kind of rough end to the preseason after some great moments early. He was basically the backup center here with, with Bobby out, um, which I don't think is necessarily his best role, but um, you know, we'll see again tonight was, you know, another night where the starters obviously played, um, nobody got over 30 minutes. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, things coming into shape a little bit here ahead of the the start of the season on Tuesday, but you know, with Dante out for who knows how long Shemi's obviously, you know, until we see him, he's out Rodney hood. I don't think you can count on anything from him. Um, and with Bobby Portis as well, you know, that's, that's four guys that, um, you know, hood hood was marginal, but I think those other three guys obviously were people that you expect to see in the, the kind of nine, 10 man rotation. So, that spells opportunity for other guys. And I think Jordan's obviously got, got a huge opportunity and this is what it comes down to for young players. So often, right. Somebody's injured, you get a random opportunity. What do you do with it? 
And again, if he can, you know, work defensively, try to be unselfish, um, see the floor, play a role. And when he gets opportunities to have the ball in his hands, make the most of it. Um, you know, maybe he's a guy that's six in the rotation all year. Right. Um, I think certainly that, that Rodney hood spot, Rodney hood doesn't have a spot. Uh, so, so we'll see if maybe Jordan Wara can, can use this preseason, the strong preseason as a platform for really cementing himself in the rotation. It's going to be a long season. Guys are going to get hurt, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We all know the drill at this point, but certainly, um, you know, it's been a, 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 a sign that Jordan War, I think is, is going to get an opportunity and, you know, we'll see if he can take it, but encouraging stuff in the preseason. No, it certainly is. And we've said this before. I've compared it to Dante coming into his second year. He wasn't in the rotation. And then he got an opportunity through a couple of circumstances. It was it was early. It was about the fifth or sixth or seventh game of the season. But uh, he got an opportunity down in Orlando. Uh, he took that opportunity. And he's been cemented in the rotation ever since that night. So I thought that Rodney Hood was going to be a veteran that the, the Bucks would try and get on the floor and try and get a good look at him early in the season. But, hey... Again, as you pointed to, this is the circumstance. Clearly, that foot has flared up again. He looked kind of rough in that first appearance anyway. So uh, there might be some injury concerns there. I mean, they kind of signed him thinking that, you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but I certainly looked at it and said, well, this is a bit of a, an X-factor signing. Maybe you, you find something or, or maybe you don't. So we'll see what happens with Rodney Hood. But Jordan Moore is uh, in a, a good spot. And uh, I think it's fun. It'll be fun for him to start out the season in the rotation. Uh, before we, or as we look to wrap up this show, we're going to talk about John Horst. Before the game, we had some news today. John Horst signed an extension. He extended his extension for a few more years. And this this is what happens when you're a championship team. Think about George uh, John Horst and Mike Budenholzer, where they were at uh, going back a few months ago. It's been a good 12-month period uh, for those guys. And now they just get to sit back, put their feet up on the desk, eat built bars, and uh, look at highlights of a championship-winning Milwaukee Bucks team. Uh, because uh, I think the celebratory built bars are going to be being eaten left, right, and center uh, with the Bucks organization the next couple of days as they head towards Banner Night, which, by the way, Banner Night... Is this an ad read? Wait, is this an ad read? You're, well, it's, you're, it's, you're confusing it's, me. Are, you just an ad? Is this just, are, are we just riffing here, Kane? Are we, are we, just, are we just expressing love for built bar? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a Bill Bar ad raid and a little more official than this, but I just I, start, I started to get a little bit too excited. I wonder if they could, when they hang the banner, if they could hang a giant Bill Bar as well at Fiserv Forum. That would be, um, I'd, I would be absolutely into that. Because, you know, with Bill Bar, there's freedom of choice. You can pick whatever, whichever flavor you like, coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate. Uh, they're all there for you. And you can get a mixed box with all the different flavors. If you're not sure which one's your favorite, you can get two of each of all the flavors. And then from there, you'll be able to decide which one you like the best. They're healthy for you. They're also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, uh, which is pretty cool. So you can go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. And unlike Sweatblock, I'm not able to show any on the screen because if I had any Built Bars in my house, they'd already be eaten. So, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just the way it goes with Built Bar. John Horst, any surprise here, Frank, that they signed him to an extension? It's just so funny to think back. I remember when I was asking you, what do you think was the most chaotic or craziest podcast that you've done since you've been doing this show for as long as you have? And you pointed to the GM search and just analyzing how that went down. And even Marcus Johnson mentioned it on the broadcast tonight. And he says, geez, I hope I don't get fired for, uh, for saying this. But the hire of John Horst was speculative, to say the least. No one outside of Milwaukee knew who he was. 
And now here we are a few years later. He's got that executive of the year. He's guided the championship. He was able to instigate this extension with Giannis. So I think the, the, the extension makes sense. Uh, probably not the start that anyone thought that his GM career would, uh, would, would get off to. But, geez, it's hard to argue with the results. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, and. My wife just having no respect for our podcasting right now. Just I'm our, typical, our office is still our office Rockets is still fans. being built, and yeah, yeah it's yeah. just a Rockets fan just just disrespecting a Bucks podcast over here. Um, our office is still being uh, renovated, so I'm I'm resigned to uh, sitting here in our in our kitchen. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I can only describe the John Horst hiring as as a uh, King Ralph situation. You know, <laughs> where it was like, wait. Who's left? The you know like I mean because I mean John wasn't even the assistant GM, GM you know he was like assistant to the assistant GM. Um, no, I think he was technically what was he director of of basketball operations. I, I think that might have been his title. I, I forget, but um, but obviously he worked really closely with John Hammond. You know he was uh, John Hammond's guy coming over from Detroit in 2008, I think it was. Um, so I mean obviously he had he had a lot of experience. He'd been in Milwaukee for a long time and. Um, you know, so I mean, obviously he had he had paid his dues, but I mean, this was this was a bizarre situation. The the not being able to agree on um, kind of the the obvious move, which was promoting Justin Zanuck, who you know I think has now become GM of the of the Jazz. So it worked out for Justin Zanuck in the end, but a very awkward situation with ownership disagreeing. Um, and so yeah, to think that you know um, a few years later we'd be sitting here celebrating an nba championship i mean it's it's wild you know but but again it just it just kind of shows you you know like you just can never i mean it's the nba it's just very unpredictable <laughs> and um and obviously you know there were a number of moves that that he made i mean hiring mike budenholzer obviously was was a big one um you know again if things go a little differently last year and they have to fire mike budenholzer i mean again it, it's sliding doors like things can change a little bit but uh, but we know the reality. We know what happened, and they can never take that away from John Horst. They can never take that away from Mike Budenholzer, and they can never take it away from the Milwaukee Bucks and their fans. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you look at a lot of the, you know, kind of some of the key roster moves they made. I mean, first off, of course, Giannis and Chris. I mean, Giannis and Chris. I mean, it's crazy how long they've been with this franchise at this point. Both coming in the summer of 2013, John Horst was part of the Bucks when they were acquired. Um, but obviously, that was a, an awesome foundation. And, um, you know, I think you just look at some of the moves. I think the Brooke Lopez signing stands out first and foremost. You know, I mean, the, the Drew Holiday trade might have been kind of the ultimate push your chips in and go for it and pray that it works out type move, given the circumstances of Giannis not having signed his extension at that point, given all the future draft picks that, you know, that's the, I mean, this is still the reality, right? There's still risk, obviously, that um, if things don't go your way in the next few years, that that you could be feeling not great about that. But clearly, it paid off. Yeah, Nobody would go back, and no matter no matter what happens from here on out, the Drew Holiday trade will forever have been a great move that paid off. And um, you know, and I think also, I, again, I mean, there's been questionable moves on the margins. You know, last summer, obviously, the DJ Augustine signing didn't work out. But I think, you know, as, as our friend Eric pointed out, um, kind of maybe taking a page out of John Hammond's book, um, you know, he was able to to say, okay, you know what, that signing isn't making sense. Turn DJ Augustine 
in and you know moving whatever it was eight spots back in the draft. DJ Wilson, who was John Horst's first draft pick, which obviously did not work out. By the way, my laundry is done. Uh, in case you're wondering about about that, uh, a bunch of bunch but, of Bucks uh, t-shirts just going through the well, washer for t-shirts. a new week. <laughs> a lot of gotta gotta be gotta be ready, suited up for next week with Bucks gear. Um, but you know they he was you know they were able to to turn to turn those kind of decisions that maybe didn't work out so well into PJ Tucker, right? And then Tucker ends up being uh, obviously a key guy in uh, in the championship run. So I think you know ultimately no no surprise at all. Um, I think uh, anytime you win a championship and you put yourself, I think most importantly, you put yourself in a position to compete for a championship every year. You know, I think that's really in many ways the goal, you know, I mean, we, we, we obviously obsess over every signing and, and every move and, and, you know, ultimately that's important. I mean, that's the job of the GM is to, to do make all the small moves that add up to a team that can contend. But at the macro sense, you know, really what as a team, I think you really try to do is just get to the point where, you know, year in and year out, you have a chance, right? And in any given year, even if you're an awesome team, I mean, you know, have the Bucks ever had more than a 20% chance of winning the championship? I, I don't know that they've ever had more than that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the league. Stuff happens. Um, but if you give yourself a, a, a reasonable chance year in and year out, you know, you have that superstar, you have the supporting cast, you have the infrastructure around those guys. Um, at some point, you just hope that things break your way and things work out and you make those right bets on the margins and you win a championship. And obviously that's, that's exactly what, what happened last year. And, you know, I think if you're the bucks, obviously you have confidence that the the group you have and, you know, the infrastructure you have in place, including John horse, that they can continue to, to keep you in that for, in that, you know, in that, that competitive grouping year in and year out. And again, there's, there's no guarantees. Um, but, uh, but obviously, you know, you look at just kind of what's happened the last few years. They put themselves in a spot to be competitive every year. And obviously, you know, John Horace, Mike Budenholz, the rest of the organization, you know, they they made some bets and they paid off in, in the biggest way possible uh, last July. So, yeah, no surprise at all. And um, I think, again, difficult to imagine, you know, especially when we go... <laughs> If we rewind back to some of those conversations we were having in like 2017 or whatever it was, um, difficult to to imagine from those depths and and just the the mess that the organization again it wasn't like John Horst's fault that the organization was you know totally um, uh, you know in shambles over over a GM hire but um, but uh, obviously um, you know they moved on from it and uh, and here we are look at you know the old the, the Paul Rudd gif hey. You know, well, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is the us. gift? Like, look at us. Who, who would have thought? Not me. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, not me. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's a championship. It's bug the, the year of a Bucks championship. You know, gold well, stars for everybody. Let's do it. It's like bad when he was on the low post and he said he was going to ask for a 20 year extension. Why not? Why not? Ask for that 20 year extension. You know, well, what's, what, what's the worst that could F happen? It, man. F it. Let's do this. The only last point I'll make, you know, with Horst while we're touching on this, I mean, you mentioned the Drew Holiday deal. I remember we had a podcast last offseason where it wasn't just like a push your chips in the table. Let's see if we can get Giannis to sign the extension. And, you know, maybe they had a good idea that it was going to happen. Who knows? But remember, Drew Holiday only had a year as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, could, you could have been out of all those draft picks. No Drew Holiday, no Giannis, no future. Well, the, <laughs> no, nice arena though nice arena for sure but, but chris chris middleton chris middleton and dante Givincenzo just 
doing work for the next few years, putting up numbers and winning, you know, 41 games. Joe Damora might have got a scoring title, though. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then going back and all the other moves he made, remember, he got rid of Dali, got rid of John Henson straight away in that deal that brought in George Hill. So, look, he's, you know, I mean, the, the one thing I don't think you can, you can, uh, an attribute you can't have if you're a GM is you can't be too prideful. And he doesn't seem to be. If he makes a mistake, he's fine with admitting it and, and moving on. So I think it's a good quality to have. Uh, speaking of making mistakes and moving on from them, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Josh Lloyd. You guys are doing your fantasy drafts right now, and I'm sure plenty of you are going to make some big mistakes. So my advice to you is don't be too prideful. Listen to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Find out where you went wrong and make moves accordingly. Uh, you can get that wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Frank, the, the preseason's over. We've got ring night in about three nights. I reckon we should probably try and catch up. Uh, the podcast will be back on Monday, but I reckon me and you should try and catch up before opening night and preview that game. I, I don't know if we've got time to do the over and under podcast, but um, there's a bit to talk about because Bucks and Nets is only a couple of days away. Um, you don't want to talk about uh, what we saw from from, <laughs> from from George Hill and Pat Connaughton in the no. final preseason game. No, no. Oh man, that was really, I was. I mean, I'm. It's 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 eleven thirty at night on a Friday, man. I'm ready to just get into it with some serious deep rotation talk about the preseason came. Not, no, uh, you want to cut it out. Okay. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to talk about George Hill right now because um, George Hill gave a face of uh, disgust and frustration in himself at one point. And I was like, listen, man, he's just shaking off the rust. I think it's going to be okay. But it was, it was, it was a rough patch, rough patch for George. He's a veteran. He, why does, why does he, he care? Got, about the he drove and, and got to the rim a couple of times, which, I'm almost more happy about that than like him just hitting some threes. Cause you know, like we've said, like we know he can, I mean, he's, he has a long history of making open threes, right? High thirties or so. Um, so let's just, let's just play, play regular season basketball. That's, I think that's what, what's all, what's on all of our minds. And let's, let's, let's bring all this, you know, 80% Giannis mid range shooting to, uh, to the regular season. How about, how about we do it there? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, Danny Morang who, covered the Blazers or still covered the Blazers for a long time. I tweeted a photo of Giannis at that high release point, And he said, uh, that reminds me of LaMarcus Aldridge. I thought it was a great comp. I mean, his release point's so high. Did it for years and years in Portland. Uh, maybe Giannis can drop a few jump shots right in LaMarcus Aldridge's face on opening night. That would, that would, that would be fun. It's funny because the guy I always think of when I think of like getting to like that high release in the post, another former Blazer big man. Can you guess who I'm thinking of? How how old do I how old do I have to, you have be to go? Here? You have to go back. You have to go back a few years. He's he's retired now for a few years. He 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 went from Portland to, I guess technically Atlanta, and then to Detroit, and then a few other places. Uh, it's escaping me. I really just want to do. Ball I, don't lie. Ball don't lie. Oh, Shade Wallace, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I wanted it to be a Robin Lopez answer, but. Man, I'm gonna. I miss Robin Lopez still. Me too. He's doing his research on whether the Bucks won the title. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he's okay. All right. This has gotten out of control. Let's get a bit ragged at the end of this podcast. We'll be back on Monday uh, to start opening week. Plenty to discuss ahead of Bucks and Nets. We got a ring ceremony. Jim Patrick is going to be there. He's going to be the master of ceremonies for that. There's a party. That's what I wanted. That's all I wanted. I wanted. It, you know, he didn't get to be there at the end. So it's only fitting that he gets to be there emceeing, uh, emceeing ring night. So I'm, I'm pumped to see that. 
And for those that aren't in the arena, there's a party out in the Deer District as well. They announced that tonight. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a fun night in the city, no doubt about that. We're going to preview it all on Locked On Bucks to start the week. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. For Frank and myself, uh, we will catch you guys next week.